Welcome to the Mindful Moments for Families and Schools podcast. This is Kelly Winkler, your host. If you are a parent or a teacher who would like to have a more peaceful, calm, and centered environment, then you are in the right place. In this podcast, we will learn to weave yoga and mindfulness into your daily routines to help both you and your children be able to regulate your emotions, feel connected, and be resilient. I'm excited to share these incredible tools with you, so let's get started. Welcome back to Mindful Moments for Families and Schools. This is your host, Kelly. Today I have on the wonderful Lauren Buckles. Lauren is a mom and certified yoga teacher for both children and adults. She has spent much of her past decade teaching yoga and mindfulness to kids in schools and leading professional development workshops for school educators and administrators. Lauren is the creator of Nestful, a platform for families to learn how to integrate mindfulness practices into their daily lives. She lives in the Hudson Valley in upstate New York with her husband and her son. Her love for the proximity to nature supports her work, her teaching, and her life. Lauren's current public offerings include several virtual yoga classes for adults on Zoom. And today, Lauren and I are going to chat all about mindfulness practices for the family and how she really uses nature as a lot of that practice. So I'm excited for you all to hear this episode. Let's dive in. Welcome, Lauren. Thank you for having me. Oh, I'm so happy to have you. Uh, it's always, always great to, to get uh, people on that are on the same mission as me. And I, I love what you're doing with your new site, which we're going to get to. But first, why don't you start by just telling us about you and your journey in your own yoga practice? Sure. Um, so let's see where to begin. I, you know, I, I always, think of it like I grew up doing gymnastics. So even though now I know that gymnastics and yoga are very different, um, it really was kind of my entryway into, into yoga because I always really enjoyed, um, movement in that way. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, you know, I did gymnastics for about 10 years. I ended up teaching kids gymnastics, all throughout high school and college. It was like my first job. I loved doing it. I did it for a long time. And then even some later on um, after I had graduated college. But yeah, so I did gymnastics and that sort of, to me, starting yoga, when I ended up starting practicing, it was very, um, I don't want to say easy, but it felt very comfortable for me because I was... Um, I should say when I started doing like a, a, my postures or asana classes, I, it was, you know, I was somewhat flexible. I had a, I was somewhat strong, you know, in that way. And it was, it was like an easy transition for me and um, it just felt good in my body. Um, and then, you know, there was this piece of me, I was in my early twenties and I was, um, you know, just starting to work like my first real jobs and I was stressed and, um, I was anxious and 
Um, so I was looking for a way to, to manage that. And I was also, I think, looking now in hindsight at the time I was looking for a community and I was looking um, for like-minded people who were interested in, you know, exploring their inner dialogues and, um, and talking about something a little bit more um, esoteric or spiritual and just uh, having those kinds of conversations. So um, when I started practicing, I pretty much like quit my job as an events manager immediately and um, started working at a yoga studio as a, as a membership manager. And then I eventually, you know, it wasn't, it didn't take me very long. I think I did the teacher training like the first year I was working there. Um, and it, you know, the rest is history. I mean, I obviously, mm-hmm. I fell in love with it. Um, but yeah, I, I, I went on to teach pretty much shortly after that. It wasn't, um, I never really intended on teaching. Um, mm-hmm. but when I look back, I think it felt like, um, not like something I had to do, but it, it felt like a way for me to grow really. Um, because I was so scared of, um, being in front of a group. The first class I taught in my teacher training, I cried hysterically after. I mean, I was so shook by it. Mm -hmm. And I think that, um, you know, it was very transformative for me to get over that. Um, So I think that was part of the reason. And then I just, I really enjoyed it. And part of it did come natural to me because of years spent, you know, teaching gymnastics. And um, I was able to, you know, at that point, really differentiate between the two and say, uh, you know, this is more there's a, there's a spiritual aspect to this. There's a, there's a deeper aspect to this where, you know, that I, that I really enjoyed that really fulfilled me. So, yeah. I love that story. And I had a similar experience. I was, I was a teacher, so I was used to teaching and being in front of kids. Um, you know, that, that came naturally to me. And then when I did my, my 200 hour teacher training, my my plan was not to teach adults at that time. Like I, I wanted my 200 hour because I was teaching more and more kids classes and I wanted the, you know, to, to be more, you know, to know what I was doing more and Mm -hmm. to dive deeper into my own practice, but it was not to, to teach adults because I was so anxious about that. And I had a similar experience uh, you know, the first couple of times uh, uh, teaching adult classes, but, but now I'm, now I, I enjoy it so much. I enjoy all the age levels. So it's, it's interesting yeah. once we can push ourselves outside of that comfort zone uh, where, where we're able to get to. Yeah. Yeah. I think a part of it too was like, really, I think I was really afraid of being seen and heard. Like, I think I wanted it so bad, but I was all like, I had, it, it was, it was also a fear of mine. Absolutely. To be, to be seen in that way. Yeah. yeah, me too. I didn't really like, even as a young child, I didn't really like, you know, everybody looking at me and, you know, I was, me I too. had social anxiety. And so for me to have like a room focused on me and my voice was like, oh, I didn't, I didn't like that. And my husband would always say, but you're a teacher. You teach kids all the time. I'm like, oh, it's totally different. Like having yeah. a room full of five or six, year, five and six year olds and having a room full of adults <laughs> is completely different say like like I never would have been able to get in in front of a room adults in another without having 
gone without having my yoga practice, um, you know, and now I do presentations and, and go in and do workshops and, and, and I'm able to do that. And I never could have imagined, but, but without going through my 200 hour teaching and, and going at it in that direction, I don't think I ever could have conquered that really. These, these practices have supported me to, to get me to that point. So yeah, yeah, I can totally identify what is a, what, how would you recommend if somebody's just interested in getting started? Now you said you already were um, physical and you were flexible. And I think a lot of times people have like a perception of what yoga Mm -hmm. is. And I know I did um, when, when I, I am not flexible. So I always thought like, I was always very interested in it, especially in college. I was like intrigued by it and I always wanted to do classes and I would dabble a little bit, but I'd be like, Oh, I'm not flexible enough. I can't do it. So what, what's a good tip you have for somebody that might be interested, but is not quite sure where to start and, you know, want to, you know, kind of explore it. Yeah. So now I know, right. I think like whatever gets you in the door is great. Like if you're a lover of movement that gets you in the door, that's awesome. But now I know that's like the movement aspect to yoga, the asana practice, the postures, that's just one small piece Mm -hmm. of it. Um, so for me, it's like, you know, you don't have to be flexible. You don't have to be able to touch your toes. You don't have to be young. You, you know, there's, there's no, um, there's no rule. You can practice yoga sitting in your chair, you know, outside, um, looking out, you know, looking up at the trees, like you can Mm. practice yoga, you know, sitting on your couch, like there's so many ways you can practice yoga by being of service to someone. I mean, there's so many ways, there's no right way to practice. And I think, you know, it's important for people to know that they have options, that there are so many different ways to practice. You can start small, you can make it sustainable. You know, my practice doesn't look the same every day. That's just not, you know, how I do it. My, you know, I'm not, um, my yoga practice isn't necessarily where I um, practice like my being disciplined, if you will. Like I have, I have, other ways that I practice being disciplined. It's not like I'm on a, like a strict, um, uh, exercise regimen where I wake up every morning at 6am and I do an hour long practice. And I think sometimes there's this, like, um, at least for me, there was like a guilt associated with like, Oh, if I'm not like doing like a 45 minutes of a posture and meditation every day, then I'm not practicing. And that's Mm. like, just not true. Um, you know, and that's not what would be sustainable for me right now. And I think maybe one day I'll need that, right? Like maybe one day that's what I'm going to need to do in order to, um, get what I want in life. But like, for me, my yoga practice is like, am I enjoying my life? Like, (laughs) am I being, am I enjoying my life? But also am I being, um, am I supporting my community at the same time? Like, Um, you know, sometimes there's a part of my life that has grief or sorrow or whatever. And can I experience that and experience joy? Mm -hmm. So like my yoga yoga practice really is like 
me asking myself all of these questions, I think, in a lot of ways, um, is just like the self inquiry, and then reflecting it back, like, okay, this is how it's um, supporting me. Now, how is that looking um, for those around me? I love that answer so much. And it's so true. I just was having this conversation. I mean, I, I think, just as you were saying, our practices go through different seasons, and we need different things on different times. Mm-hmm. different, you know, parts of our life, or even just day to day, we need different things. So I think that's huge. But I was just having a conversation, somebody asked me, well, do you meditate every day, because you teach these practices? And you know, what does that look like for you? Do you sit in meditation every day? And, and, you know, I, I when I answered, I said, I do meditate every day, but it doesn't look the same every day. Um, some days I sit on my mat or my cushion and some days I sit in what you might consider what you might think of as meditation. And some days I'm in my car and I'm, I'm breathing, waiting in the parking lot to pick up my kids and I'm, I'm breathing in my car and that's my meditation. And some days I'm, I'm going for a walk and I'm just paying attention to my feet hitting the ground and the sounds I'm hearing. And that's my meditation. So you know, it's so that's what's the amazing thing about yoga is that it's so flexible, you know, and and, and we, we don't need flexibility in our body. We need flexibility in how we think about it. And yoga's there in that in so many ways, because there's just so many options and so many ways that you can intertwine it into your into your life. Yeah, I love that. And I think some people, you know, need that sort of like regimen to get where they want to go. But like some people need it to be small and sprinkled throughout the day to be sustainable. And I think it's also just about like, you know, knowing what you need, which means like you have to be really honest with what's going on in your life and how you're feeling and where you want to, what you want to do. Yeah. Like that self-awareness piece is, Uh, you know, first and foremost, it's, we really have to, I think we get lost in, in the hustle and bustle and all of the things and, and, um, just taking a step back and asking yourself those questions that you were talking about, asking yourself, like, just, just think about, you know, what, what it is that you need or what it is that you're feeling in that moment or that day is, is a really good step in, in that direction to to incorporating those mindfulness practices. So I know you were a gymnastics teacher, so you were used to teaching children. When did you decide that you wanted to bring yoga to children? You know, I think it was like right away because I was always, I mean, I always enjoyed being with kids. I always enjoyed teaching them. That was like part of the reason I taught gymnastics. It wasn't necessarily just because of, you know, my love of the sport, which is I don't want to say dwindled over time, but it's just my relationship has totally changed. Um, but I was just always interested in, in, in working with kids. You know, when I think of like, um, you know, when I think of like great, uh, tragedies really, or like, you know, these like acts of violence by people, uh, I have to think it's often rooted in personal suffering, or like an inability to cope with whatever they have going on. And, you know, I think that practices, that yoga practices instilled in children become the habits and patterns of adults. Mm -hmm. And I think habits are much easier to form as children. And I think giving children techniques to manage 
their inner lives is so important because um, it gives them um, an opportunity to have compassion for themselves, um, to like understand themselves a little bit more and to have the space to move through whatever they're feeling, you know, in a way that's more intentional, that doesn't, you know, they don't build up resentment over time. They don't, um, build up emotions that they didn't sort through. Um, there's just so many things. And I, I kind of think of it. And when I say like the tragedies and, and things like that, I think of it on this like broader scale, like, well, how would the world shift? Like how would things shift if children had these tools? I, mean, I don't oh. even want to say tools, but te- like these practices, these yeah. techniques, because I think we all have the tools. I think our tools right. are like our minds, body, breath, you know, we all have that, but like learning how to be able to access them. Exactly. Access them, use them. What would shift? And to me, I think the world would just be a a more peaceful place. Oh my goodness. 100%. Like I I have chills as you say it, because that is, that is, that is my goal. That is how I, I ended up here, how I, why I have this podcast, because I truly honestly believe like if we can get these practices to every child, like it, it could just change the world. It really could because exactly what you were saying, these, this self-awareness and um, being able to accept our emotions and, mm-hmm. and accept ourselves and, and that all of those emotions are okay. Like with the, with the violence and all that, like everybody gets angry. And I think that the problem comes in is when we don't, we don't allow ourselves to feel that and then 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 becomes the behavior where where we be act out towards other people because we're not exactly. able to accept those emotions and feelings for ourselves and and the only way then to deal with that is to you know to do deal with that outwardly and i think that having these having children exposed to yoga teaches them to be able to accept those emotions and how to respond to the, having those emotions and accept themselves. Compassion for themselves leads to compassion for others. People are always trying to say like, how do we teach our kids to be kind? And it's not, doesn't start with having them like offer up a a seat or, you know, hold the door for somebody that that's the second step. The first step is self-compassion and understanding of their own emotions. Because if we can understand that in ourselves, then we can see it in others. Yeah. Yeah. That's, um, my, my passion of this, this is my, my passion project just for that reason. Yeah. So, So well said. I know that you've created a new, speaking of passion projects, you've just mm-hmm. created a new platform for families that incorporates mindfulness into their daily lives. Again, the, the same concept that I have with this podcast. So I love to hear all about your, your platform. It's called Nestful and go ahead and like, tell us all about it. I'm excited to hear. Yeah. So I wanted to create something that blended, you know, everything I've learned together and Um, I really want to make mindfulness and yoga. I want to make these practices sustainable and practical. Like these are skills and techniques that uh, anybody can use at any time. You know, you don't need a mat. You don't need to go to a yoga studio. You don't, you know, you don't need to go anywhere or do anything. It can be applied 
in the moment. I want it to be easy and fun. Um, you know, like I can look at, you know, a leaf with wonder and awe and be mm. practicing, or I can breathe intentionally and be practicing, or I can do whatever, right? Like your practice is for you, nobody else. So Nestful is really a blend of my love for nature. Um, the idea behind the nest is, um, you know, to the, a nest being like where you nurture your young, um, a nest being where you feel at home. Um, so it's about uh, coming home to yourself. It's about, um, you know, for parents or even educators who are nurturing the minds and, you know, lives of young people. Um, so it's a play on that a little bit, but it's also just like an ode to nature because I love nature. I love being mm. outside. And that's really the practice that has um, supported me time and time again is um, just being in nature. So it's a blend of that. And then yoga, um, of course, and mindful movement and social emotional learning and storytelling, like storytelling in a sense of like, you know, being vulnerable and um, talking about, you know, being honest and talking about talking about myself and having hopefully having other people talk about um, their lives and um, storytelling. Also, you know, I'm, I'm writing a children's book. So um, exciting. That's in the works too. So just like, and that to me is also just another um, tool that's really practical, you know, um, mm-hmm. reading, reading and, and hearing the stories play out um, or in other people's lives or, you know, having children um, read it so they can imagine themselves or, or see themselves reflected in a story. Um, really, I just want, you know, children to feel like they have options to help them be more present. So um, this is, for me, it's always filtered through the adults in their mm-hmm. lives. Um, so whether it's parents, educators, you know, caregivers, um, for the beginning of a child's life, they're co-regulating, you know, they're, they're very much mirroring what's happening in the adults around them. And, um, so the idea is that the adult needs to have a practice, you know, mom and dad need to have some type of practice to model for their kids. You know, they can't just show them a video of how to practice yoga. Well, what does that mean? You know? And I think it's, it's really, um, it's, much more integrated into daily life when you see it in your daily life. So when mom and dad or my teacher is doing yoga and mindfulness or pausing and breathing when they're having a hard time or whatever, then that's how uh, the children learn. You know, that's how that's, that's, you know, they learn by example. So um, the idea is to have the parents be able to, or the caregivers or educators or whoever, the adults be able to care for themselves um, regulate themselves in order to be able to attune to their kids in order to be able to, um, give them techniques so that they then have 
the tools in their toolbox. They know how to use the tools in their toolbox. Um, even when the adults aren't around. I love it. That is, that's, that's the whole foundation of it is really the adults modeling for the kids. We can tell our kids to calm down and all of those things. And, but if we don't show them how to do it, uh, they're not, they're not going to be able to do it. So, um, you know, that's, that's really the key that is we, we, we want them to calm down. We have to calm down first. (laughs) So, um, yeah, that's, that's great. It sounds like it's going to be, um, it's an, it sounds like it's an amazing platform. Um, and so supportive for families and, and children out there. So, so congratulations on, on that. And I'm Thank excited you. for your, your book and we'll, we'll be keeping an eye out for that. I know that you also became a mom early in the days of the pandemic, which must have been hugely challenging, um, you know, becoming a, a first time mom uh, with no is, is always a transition challenge. So I would love to hear how, you know, tell a, tell a story and how do you feel your yoga and mindfulness practice was there for you as, as you transitioned into motherhood during the pandemic? Yeah. So I gave birth, it was, um, on a Monday and the pandemic was announced Wednesday night. So two days later. Um, and you know, this was my first child. I don't have anything to compare it to. Um, but it was, I don't, I don't know if my anxiety was like normal postpartum anxiety or, um, anxiety from the pandemic. I can, you know, reflect back and see, um, it was definitely a mixture of both, I think. Um, but you know, it was all sort of, it was all happening. So it was really challenging. Um, you know, I realized in hindsight, when I think about how I feel now versus how I was feeling then, like I was not feeling how I feel now. I was, um, you know, dropped into a role of being a mom and, um, you know, right at the time that the world was changing. So, um, there was a lot of uncertainty. So I, Definitely feel like, you know, the biggest support um, for me was just self-compassion. And that was like totally, you know, what I've learned over time in my practice is how to be compassionate towards myself. Um, Just allowing myself to have the experience, like, you know, not needing to you know, of course there were things I did to try to soothe my anxiety, but a lot of it, I, it was like, not necessarily, um, like it was very warranted. It was like, it was like, of course, like, of course I'm feeling anxious. Like it was, it was normal. It was like a normal reaction or response to what was happening. I think part of it was probably hormonal, which, you know, I'm curious, like, why I don't know more about that, but, um, yeah, I think it was just like a normal, it was a normal response. It was like a survival instinct on all levels, um, of being a mom and then also just like surviving a global pandemic. So, um, I was really trying to just have compassion for myself because 
it was normal. And I would just tell myself that. And it was hard because I was very, um, I was upset a lot and um, trying to work through that. Um, You know, just, just allowing myself to have moments of sadness and then moments of joy. Mm. And it was just, um, you know, it's like grieving the loss of a loved one. Like you're, you don't just, you don't just like say, oh, I, you know, shouldn't feel this way and move on. It's, you know, it's, it's supposed to be there. The feelings are information. So, you know, how can I allow it? How can I move through it? How can I be with that and all the other things I'm experiencing? Yeah. Um, so I, that was, that was my big practice was just being compassionate and then also just like drawing my attention to nature Mm -hmm. you know the nature piece is very soothing to me um it's always it's always been so I at the beginning of the pandemic I would um you know probably after the first few weeks of um my son's life I started to take walks outside and I would go alone and just for a few minutes and like draw my attention to the sky or mm. like a tree or like, you know, a flower or just something in nature that like took m- myself out of my own head. Because sometimes, you know, I think there's, you know, always this like, um, when we're trying to be mindful of our emotions or, or how we're feeling there, you can always go in two ways. You can either like ruminate on it mm-hmm. or you can completely avoid it. And I think when something's so heavy, like postpartum anxiety or grief or whatever, you know, there's, there's, um, you want to find the middle way where you're being mindful of it, but also like sitting in it is hard. So I think drawing my attention to the present moment in other ways that allowed me to connect to all that is around me, um, helped me to move through, uh, my internal experience with a little bit more grace and ease. Yeah. That I, it, it, it actually brings up something that as you were talking, I was thinking about this isn't something that I've spoken about on the podcast before, but um, I have four kids. And in between when I had my first two kids, and then I I went through a series of miscarriages after my first two children. And um, then when I was pregnant with my, my third son, well, my third child, uh, second son, um, it was a very stressful pregnancy because I was so scared that I was going to miscarry again. And at that time, I was not um, teaching these mindfulness and yoga practices. I didn't even really have a consistent yoga practice. I I did practice yoga, but I mostly was at that time practicing yoga because of the the asana. And I had a lot of back issues during my pregnancy. So I would go to that practice uh, during my pregnancies. But I, I thinking back now, it was such a challenging time. And I think I, even though I wasn't teaching these practices with children, I had always been a mindful parent. And um, as far as the play and the the interaction with my kids, and I think that mindfulness piece really helped me 
to support my anxiety through uh, um, that pregnancy because it was just so anxiety producing for me. I was so nervous all the time, but the way I was able to, to deal with that was by being mindful with my other two children and allowing myself to, okay, I feel anxious, but I always, I also feel joy in, in, in this relationship that I have with my other two children. So there's that piece that you talked about, about allowing ourselves to feel multiple emotions at the, at the same time and accepting them and that they're normal and they're okay. Yeah. So, um, have you started yeah. practicing with your, with your little one? Do you know, do you do specific practices or? So, <laughs> Uh, he's so funny. I try to do, I've tried to do breathing with him. He's learning. Um, so he's learning how to do that. Like he'll, he'll, uh, copy what I do, you know, with, with my breath sometimes. And, um, so he knows like when I, he knows actually, because we, we make fires a lot. So he sees my husband blow mm. on the fire. So he, he knows blow. He knows what it means. He'll like, you know, so he now can copy me when I breathe. Um, sometimes he'll do it. And then I just try to, um, you know, have compassion for how he's feeling while holding the boundary. So really, again, regulating myself as much as I can, knowing that if I'm unable to regulate myself in the moment, there's something about my needs that aren't being met, you know, so what, how can I support myself? Um, and allowing him to be developmentally appropriate for his age. So like looking at what he's doing, is it a problem for me or is it a safety issue? Mm. And oftentimes it's probably a safety issue <laughs> because he's just like trying to eat everything, whatever. But, uh, you know, like allowing him to, you know, like yesterday he was outside we went, we have like a little, um, we have like some trails in our backyard and they go down to a Creek and, um, he was down at the bottom right near like all this like wet dirt. And he was just going through it, like, like digging mm. with his hands. And it was just, for me, I, you know, want like the instinct in me wanted him to stop because it was so dirty. Right. And I was like, Oh my God, you're going to eat this dirt. And, you know, but just al like allowing him to do it because it, it, the sensory experience is good for him. Like noticing within me, oh, I'm feeling resistance because that's, you know, that's something within me that doesn't right. want that. It's not, you know, it's not like he's unsafe right now. Like what about me? Do I kind of need to, how do I need to switch my perspective about this? So noticing that, you know, and, and again, taking care of myself. Um, all this is for me a part of mindfulness and yoga practice and um you know again compassion for his experience so like if he's if I say no to something you know he can't eat the plant or whatever <laughs> <laughs> and he's upset about it like okay well he's allowed to be upset about it I don't want to tell you know I don't want to tell him to stop crying he can have whatever emotion whatever emotional experience 
he's having is valid. Right. You know, so allowing him to have his emotional experience while holding holding the boundary as a parent, you know, for me is a mindfulness. Oh, one hundred percent. I love that because and that's gonna he's only one now and that is gonna that's gonna go with you till their oh. teenage years because <laughs> You're going to have to hold some boundaries for sure, uh, as I am in my household. And, uh, <laughs> um, oh my God, yeah. but also like so much of what we bring to parenting is really about ourselves and not about our kids. And mm-hmm. it's hard sometimes to watch your kid feel those emotions, right? You want to, you want to make them feel better. You, you want to then to stop crying because it's, it's almost, it's uncomfortable for us to see them upset. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's, that, that doesn't go away from, from when they're, they're babies up to, you know, when they're teenagers and they experience, you know, struggles and disappointments and, and all of those things. And, um, you know, oftentimes we want to just say like, no, it's going to be okay. Like point out the positives, like, but it's really important that we allow them to, to feel their emotions so that we don't teach them to ignore that because when we, we know right. when we, when we push away those emotions and push them down and ignore them, they come out in other ways and whether that be behavior or physical symptoms and, and all of that. So yeah, that's right. a really huge piece. I think of, of being a mindful parent is, is allowing our kids to, to feel. And, and even though that some people, I think some people think like maybe that, you know, if you're, you're being that, in that parenting style that you're, you, you're permissive and you allow them to just do what they want, but that's not the case. You, you, like you said, you have to set a boundary sometime, but Mm -hmm. you have to also allow them to, to feel and, and, and be who they are. And, and I, I love that you just let him explore and, and, you know, see what feels good for him because oftentimes we don't do that either as parents we we think we know what our children need and we try to like shape it up based on what what our experiences are but we're all so different and all of and I can say I have four kids and they're all different even though they're all and have the same parents and in the same house they're all different and they all have such different needs and and so that's that's really, isn't that so funny? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's amazing really to watch as, as, as they each, you know, they, of course, some, you know, as siblings, they have some similarities, but so they're so very different each one in, in how they see, you know, how they approach the world and what, what they, what feels, you know, good for them. So, right. That's really an important part of being a parent and really seeing your child for who they are and accepting that you know? Yeah. So that's great. Yeah. I love that. Do you have a favorite yoga teaching moment that you would like to share? Yeah. Well, one thing comes to mind. Um, when I was working with, um, middle school girls, I was doing an after school program teaching yoga and, uh, it was very like after school, if you've ever taught after school, mm-hmm. it's like, you know, <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, need I say more? Nope. It's just like a free for all. Um, so there was that element to things just kind of, you know, it being like a, a very uh, exploratory time. <laughs> um, but there was this one student that I had, um, Lisani, and we were talking, I think that day we were talking about like um, 
positive or negative self-talk. We were like getting into like being mindful about what our thoughts are doing, noticing um, how we talk about ourselves. And that was like um, one of the first like experiences I had as um, someone who was practicing yoga and mindfulness was I started to have this like experience of my internal dialogue. And I noticed like I was um, really constantly having negative thoughts about myself and like how I looked and my body. And um, it was actually almost shocking to me that I hadn't noticed how bad it was, like how, um, how frequently I was having these sort of negative thoughts or just feeling uncomfortable in my own skin. And yoga really brought um, an awareness of that to the forefront for me. And then once I started studying mindfulness a little bit more and doing, um, I I did a couple of online trainings with mindful schools and I really started to to realize the compassion piece that mindfulness has that's so important. So instead of just trying to change myself um, or be so hard on myself, like, oh, how could I be thinking these thoughts? That's so, you know, terrible that I'm saying this about myself, like having compassion for the experience, like, oh, how human of me that I'm doing this. Mm -hmm. Um, So I was trying to like portray this and I was explaining, you know, telling them the story that that's um, an experience I had. And um, then I started to talk about affirmations and how, um, you know, not everything we think in our minds are true, but if we, you know, have something, you know, an affirmation that we say to ourselves over and over, you know, the neurons in our brain that fire together, wire together. And the, the more often you think something, the more it's going to become true. So um, what do you want to think? Like, what do you want to think that'll become true? And, you know, I started to offer some affirmations and one of them, you know, simply was just, I love myself. And this student, Lisani, she was like, I hate myself. I, I can't say that. I don't like myself. I don't love myself. I won't do it. I won't do it. And I was like, listen, I know this is really, um, this can be really uncomfortable to do this, right? To give ourselves this kind of um, attention and love in this way and to, to change maybe something so drastically like to flip how we've been viewing ourselves or talking to ourselves it it can be different it can feel it can feel uncomfortable so um I offered it as like a uh you could write it down on a post-it and I think she wouldn't even write it down so I wrote it down for her I think I wrote she had her name on the piece of paper and I wrote I love myself Mm -hmm. and at the end of the class I said okay you know, cause some of them said it out loud. Some of them didn't, you know, some of them wouldn't write it. It was like a big mix, but I told the class and Lisa, I said, if you can go home and just one time in the mirror, whisper it to yourself just once, you know, doesn't have to be in front of anyone. You'll be by yourself. You know, if you can just say it once to yourself, you know, that's, that's your, homework and then I'll see you in two days it was an after school class I met twice a week so we left and two days later we came back and she like ran in the room so excited and she walked right up to me and she said Miss Lauren I love myself 
and she showed me her phone and it had like she had like a sparkly clear case and she put the post-it in the back of her phone I love it and like was you know had a complete like it was a complete flip from the other day and um yeah it was really powerful that really is and uh what what a an opportunity you provided for her to to really change the trajectory of of her life because how we talk to ourselves uh, is is like you know it really matters it really matters and what we're going to allow ourselves to do and what what opportunities we're going to think that we we have um i think similar to you that that's been my biggest uh, transformation with my own yoga practice. Um, as I mentioned earlier, you know, I, I had social anxiety, have, uh, social anxiety and, um, was really, really bad as a child. And so my, my negative self-talk was always, uh, firing (laughs) and, um, that is the biggest transformation that I've had for myself. And so for you to provide that for her, that's so amazing. What a beautiful, beautiful story. Thank you. Yeah, it was, um, it was pretty amazing to witness. Yeah, I love it. Well, I want to offer up, do you, you already shared with us about your platform. Um, anything else you want to share with us and then let, let our listeners know where we can connect with you. Um, yeah. So my, um, the only thing I want to say really is like, you know, anything yoga and mindfulness, there's so many options for you. And, um, hopefully, you know, if you're thinking about starting or you already practice or whatever, you know, find something that works for you. And, um, you know, it, you don't have to, you don't have to be any specific way. You can come exactly as you are. And hopefully that comes across on, on my page, on, uh, my platform, Nestful. Um, the website is nestfulminds.com and it's also the handle is nestfulminds on Instagram as well. So hopefully we can connect on there, send me a message and, uh, I'd love to meet anyone who's doing this work or interested in, in practicing. Well, thank you so much. And thank you for doing this work. It is so important. And, uh, I'm, I'm excited that we got to connect and I will link your website and and your Instagram handle in the show notes. So it's easy for everybody to click over and see what you have to offer. Thank you, Lauren, so, so much for being here. Thank you. It was so nice talking to you, Kelly. Thank you so much for having me. Have a great day. You too. That was such a great conversation with Lauren. Here are some takeaways. One, you don't have to be any certain way to practice yoga. Two, there are so many ways to practice yoga. Three, start small to make your practice sustainable. Four, your practice does not have to look the same every day. Five, be honest with yourself about what you need. Six, yoga can help children to process emotions and to make the world a more peaceful place. Seven, yoga can be easy, fun, and sustainable for everyone. Eight, Yoga, your practice is for you, no one else. Nine, 
Adults need to regulate their emotions to help their, their children learn how to regulate their emotions. 10. Feelings are information and all are valid. And 11. Have compassion for your children and allow their feelings even when you're holding boundaries. I hope you all enjoyed this episode with Lauren and feel free to hop on over to her website, Nestful Minds, and connect with her. And I will be back on Monday with another Mindful Monday episode. In the meantime, remember, take a deep breath. Thank you for joining me on my mission to spread peace and joy by introducing children and families to the power of yoga and mindfulness. I could not achieve this goal without all of you listening and trying these tips with the kids in your life. If you enjoyed this episode and found it helpful, please subscribe and leave me a review. If you would also suggest this podcast to parents and teachers, I would be so grateful. If you would like to connect with me, you can find me on Instagram at Mindful Moments for Families and on Facebook at Kidding Around Yoga with Kelly. For more information on my offered programs, such as yoga classes for children and adults, workshops and professional development, and corporate chair yoga, visit my website at kiddingaroundyoga.com backslash Kelly. I'll see you all here on our next episode. But in the meantime, remember, take a deep breath.